0: saying, how y'all doing? Yo! Are you ready to rumble, or should I see tumble? because I'm the ball? Welcome to the Rumble. We are back and better than ever helping you stay ready so you don't have to get ready. We don't want you sucker punch, so we are here each and every week helping you keep your guard up. I'm Jeremy Lavelle with Remedy Plains Consulting and your Commercial Plains Advocate Coach, affectionately referred to as the Mouth of the South, alongside of me is Mr. Brent Hoover of Max Plains Solutions out of Baltimore, Maryland. We just call him the beast of the east and the ever lovely, sensationally sarcastic and the love of my life, the one, the only Baby Cakes, Miss Donna Lavelle. What's going on everybody? How you doing, guys?
1: That was the best intro <laughs> I've ever heard. <laughs> on any on any show all time. That was easily the best intro I've ever heard. Well, I like What's it. What's going on? on?
0: I like it. Not much, man. It's good. I mean, it has. We just came back from IRE actually, which was really, really yep, cool. Yep, yep. Um, I had a good time there. A little, little jealous. Well, I missed you. I'm not gonna lie. Um, and I just, you know, shout out to all the people that walked up to us. It was really good to get to talk to some of the uh, rumblers out there. I, I don't, I don't like that name, but I don't know what it's called. I don't yet. know what it's called.
2: I guess we could call them David <laughs> and Marshall cuz that's who they are.
0: I mean, maybe we just call them like Sluggers. You know what I mean? The punchers, the sluggers.
2: Nah, like, yeah, like rumblers.
0: Yeah. we think of sort of We're just going to go with rumblers. So how's everybody's week been? I mean, I know ours was exhausting. You know what I mean? My uh my my Apple Watch broke. It said too many steps, man. You can't just spring this on us. <laughs> 70, we, we lost yeah. count at twenty five hundred because no more has ever been expected of us.
2: Yeah, it doesn't go up that way. <laughs> <much. laughs>
1: so,
0: uh, what's your week been like, it, uh, Mister Hooper?
1: It's uh, it's been a good week, man. It's been a good week, humping and bumping, you know, shaking and bacon, moving and grooving, all that good stuff. I know. Settling claims. Well, uh,
2: taking names, settling claims.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Nah, I mean it's been kind of like a a status quo week. We're rolling out some new things in house, which is kind of cool, um, recruiting and stuff like that. Um, and we had that we had that freeze uh, there at the end of December. Yeah, man. On the whole, been a good week. Those are those are week.
0: always. I I love I love interior water events. You know where you can get in there, and I don't have to climb a roof. <laughs> You know, <laughs> yeah. just, like port yeah, those
2: man. were always fun. Mm.
0: Yeah, and you get to work yeah. out. You know, you don't have to work out in the elements. And yeah, walk around. And it and, seems
2: like I'm actually doing something.
0: You know, it's like, ah. like while I'm inspecting something, I'm always stepping in dog shit. It seems like,
1: <laughs> dude, dude, no truck, no.
0: That's how the claim goes. No-
1: dude, I I have three pairs of shoes in my trunk for that reason.
0: Well, one time, Pro I tip. forgot. I stepped in, I, you know, I carry, I carry a couple of pairs of shoes in my car too. I mean, and if you're an adjuster and you're not carrying a couple of pairs of shoes, you're not doing enough inspections is what I would say. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sometimes I'll, I remember I would throw them in the trunk of my car. A lot of times it was a rental and you would throw them in there and I would get, and I would remember that they were in there. So I'd lift the trunk up and it would smell like a dead body. Oh, gross! <laughs> Speaking of dead bodies, we've had some celebrity deaths. Yes. Uh,
2: first we have Tom Sizemore.
0: Tom Sizemore' most memorable character for me was Jack Skagnatty mm-hmm. in uh, Natural Born Killers. Yes.
2: So this, when we record, it's a we, they we put it out a week after we record. So these are these will be
0: yeah they will have been cold and in the week. ground for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Right.
2: So also Gary Rossington, he was uh, the last original living member of Leonard Skinnerd. Oh wow. You mentioned Leonard Skinner last week, and I think you had something to do.
0: Uh, it may have been my fault. Don and I have a habit of killing off celebrities because we mentioned them. Um, the first of all, first one was Ned Beatty. Yes. Yeah, uh, we mentioned him, and he was dead. Twelve like hours within, later. Yeah,
2: within three days. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <It's> terrible. <laughs> so, all laughter aside, a moment of silence for our fallen celebrities. All right, that's enough of that. We have um, we have birthdays. Yes, yes, we have some birthdays. Donna, who who are our birthdays? Our
2: so birthdays. <laughs> our biggest fan, David. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Herlachi or We
0: yeah. saw him. We saw him at IRE, yeah. and we also saw him at the Advocates United event, which was an awesome event.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, Dave Martin. His birthday was on the sixth, and he, if you are in the Dallas Fort Worth area and have ever listened to the Ticket, you'll remember Psycho Dave, and Glenn Kimberlin. His birthday was on the sixth. If you don't remember March six birthdays, at least remember the Alamo. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> it's Alamo Day. There we go. Not that anybody outside of Texas cares or knows that, but now you do.
0: <laughs> well, guys, I want to remind you that the topics will be discussed in three 15-minute rounds when you hear this sound. That means that the round has begun, and when you hear this sound the round is over and we will move on to the next topic I want to remind you that this is not a debate show we are merely commentating on the rumble that you guys are in on a day to day basis just trying to give you some value and help you get through the struggle that we know exists in the claims world if you hear anything cool at all it is not me and Brent it is definitely baby cakes over there working the boards doing the amazing things and making us sound way cooler than we really are and we're going to get into it, and round one starts right after this. Military veterans and first responders need our help. Many of them have trouble trans- transitioning to civilian work and life, but they can thrive in meaningful and rewarding careers. Veterans claim victory is a five hundred one c three nonprofit helping veterans and first responders transition to civilian work in the insurance claims industry. We can reach many of these heroes and assist in education, training, job placement, and support, regardless of the insurance claim career that they choose. For more more information, please, guys, visit (laughs) veteransclaimvictory.org. Round one, communicating with the carrier.
1: You think it would be appropriate to kind of talk about where these topics were conceived? Yes.
0: (laughs) Yes, go ahead. Brent, I'm more than happy to let you take that because... That's a whole nother rumble, but we
1: need romantic. Music. But be careful.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's well, Marvin Gaye on? Have some yeah. damn respect. <laughs> I,
1: I didn't choose my words very carefully, nor did I anticipate the innuendo. Yeah. Um, well, we were talking the other day about a experience that I had where I was chatting it up with, um, a contractor friend of mine and it, the context of it was interesting. He was actually talking about another PA and having communication issues and updates. And, and as he, and as I was listening to make a long story longer, I was identifying with a lot of the stuff that he was saying about a fellow compatriot. And so as we were talking, I, I explained the, You know, one of the hardest parts of about what we do, at least for me, and perhaps some other folks out there, but for me, is the communication piece. Reason why is, um, as I explained to my friend, was that at any given time on any given claim on any given day, there could be anywhere from five to ten people that want to get a hold of you at any given time on any given day, and so. Jeremy, you and I were talking about it, and for the folks listening, that's kind of where this comes from. It's like, who are we communicating with? If you're a PA, and you don't know, we're going to talk about it. If you're a contractor and you're listening, this is a a peek behind the curtain of kind of what I or we deal with every day. If you're a policyholder and you're listening, same rules apply. It's kind of, this is sort of a, a expose of what we're dealing with as it relates to all the parties in the claim and how many of them there are and who they are and what they do and what they want and things like that. So that's the backdrop.
0: Sounds good. It And so one. the first round that we're talking about is communicating with the carrier. Okay. Yeah. Which I think by and large is one of the most critical and crucial things that we do and i don't know how i pick one of the three that we're talking about here whether it's talking to the carrier whether it's talking to the policyholder or whether it's talking to the contractor that is most clearly going to be involved um, you know they're all they all have their own importance and their own nuance but communi- communicating with the carrier I personally believe requires a significant amount of groundwork. And you'll hear this when I am teaching about controlling the narrative okay and if you haven't taken my controlling the narrative course it should be um it should be noted that there is a lot of nuance within that and there is no way that i can cover every possible angle as it pertains to communicating with the carrier but the best way that I have found to communicate with the carrier, and I think Brent will back me up here, is lots and lots and lots of questions. Don't go in guns a blazing with how you're going to run this claim. You know what I mean? Because they think they're in charge, and the best way to keep them at bay is to continue to let them think that. By asking them very specific questions on how they see the claim process laying out
2: make them think they're smarter than you and they're going to want to answer their question. You know, yeah.
0: yeah questions. Give, give them a chance to show you how smart they are for sure. I like that.
1: Well, yes, I will. I will back you on that. Um, treating the claim process socratically from cradle to grave is pretty, <laughs> that's one of the 10 commandments um, for sure. Um, The one thing I wrote down, which might precede that, is know the players. Know who you're talking to. Right. So on the carrier side, you know, there could be, again, different claims have different scenarios. But, you know, on an average storm claim, you could have three different people. A desk adjuster, a field adjuster, and perhaps a a third-party person it's involved or that you're communicating with in some form or fashion sure so that's that's three on a water claim you know depending on what's going on yeah there again it could you
0: You may have a mold remediator a mold inspector you may have there's a lot of parties there
1: yeah and and sometimes on these claims again we're, we're right now we're specifically talking about the carrier side that is specifically on the carrier side you know so think of it like this on a roof claim You've got the the field adjuster, you got the desk adjuster. You might have a claim examiner, and you might have a third party roofing company or some sort of consultant. Um, well, when you get on bigger, more complex claims, sometimes the service providers are mirrored. You know, the insurance company might want to get their own engineer or their own architect or their own MIT company or their own fill in. Fill-in. So, it, and and it mirrors what what's required for the the homeowner to to prove their loss, right? So uh, again, not to get carried away with that, but know the players, know their role. What the heck are they there to do? That will inform how you communicate with them uh, in a, in a big way. in my opinion, yeah, right.
0: And as you disseminate information that is passed through you, because we're, I said this last week and I mentioned it a couple of times, kind of how the public adjuster, his role is sort of an emissary of the claim. We're there to be the communication Uh, we're the communication threshold by which all communication really and truly is passed because once we become involved we are we are controlling the carrier is not going to be talking to the contractor they're going to be talking to us and we're giving them the carrier information and then the policyholder is going through us and then the and then the contractor is going through us and so as we take all of this information and we gather it as it whether it pertains to the proof of loss maybe it has to do with scheduling and when we can get the job started the different slowdowns especially when we're dealing with it. Um you know, like supply chain issues that, you know, I mean, cabinets went from eight weeks to 16 weeks, you know, and, and, and it depends on what area you're in. I had one guy come up and said, well, we could get it done in four weeks. And I was like, wow, man, I cannot believe y'all can get cabinets in in four weeks. Well, it turns out they were all wrong when they came in. And this is for one of my, (laughs) you know, largest clients. And we're talking, we're not talking about $18,000 worth of cabinets here, Brent. We're talking about $70,000 worth of cabinets. And I'm got to somehow figure out a way to communicate because is it the carrier's fault is it their fault that that the cabinets are wrong no and how does that pertain to how does that how does that affect the claim and how much money that they're going to shell out because one of the very first things if a carrier senses that they that you are dragging your feet with the claim the very first thing they leverage is ale money they'll start taking away your support money to be in that situation And so how we give them that information is always, and for me, guys, I always try to approach a carrier not in a way that seems to be combative, but it seems to be collaborative. And if you open up your communication with carriers in a collaborative posture, it is amazing how much they start acting like people. I mean, really and truly.
1: I think that's really important. And I want to draw from a comment that was made at the beginning um, about asking questions and making them feel like they have control. Look, that could be taken out of context to sound a little bit deceptive, but call it what it is. Being collaborative, acting like a human being, you know, asking questions for the sake of getting the right answers and not for the sake of being right. In quotes, R I G H T or being correct. It's not about being right or wrong. It's about getting it right. It's about getting to the truth. Um, so anyway, I agree with you, Jeremy. Being approaching it collaboratively. Co- I can't say that word collaboratively, as opposed to coming in and banging on your chest. It can really help, and it can facilitate um, you know a settlement much faster. I mean, I, well, as opposed to being a as opposed to being a jackass all the time. Well, I mean, I so. had this
0: opportunity to with this uh, with this carrier, and I would like to call out the carrier's name because I'm so impressed with how they handled this claim. And if I can, I can say good things, can I? Yeah, I'm. I'm you Short, know, let there it aren't rip. many, so yeah. Take I, take I advantage just of this one time on <laughs> this particular claim, it's a Travelers claim. <laughs> And I would like to to take a moment to tip my hat and I just want to commend them on this claim, how easy they were to work with, how they how they have conducted dude, this dude, claim looking for indemnity. We got in the point.
1: America. You you can you can write recommendation letters later, buddy. Okay, thanks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I just like it when it goes hey, right. That's all I'm saying.
1: Dude, and for the record for the record, since I just busted your chops. Um, yeah. Travelers is the carrier that I see claims from the least. So you're not wrong. Um, you're not wrong. There, there is a reason for that. There is a reason for that,
0: you know, and I've got a couple other carriers in mind that have been pretty easy, but in this case, you know what I mean. I want to talk about the time that it went—the one time that it went right—and I believe it has to do with how I opened up the lines of communication, because that could have gone really ugly if if, 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 if there wasn't a lot of maturity behind that effort. You know what I'm saying? And I just dude, find dude. that that works better.
1: You're there's you will get zero pushback from me on that because I think one of my go-to lines when I'm fresh on a claim, you know, I'm calling the adjuster from the position or perspective of, hey, look, I've, I've interviewed the contractor. I've interviewed the homeowner. I've interviewed the people on my side of the fence. I'm calling to introduce myself and let's, let's give me your notes. What do you got going on? Like, sure. I'm, I'm doing my investing. I'm doing my investigation. Like, I'm not calling and, you know, brow beating them and I don't know. Again, different different PAs have different styles. At least in the beginning, I am going into this with the freshest perspective that I can. And my, my goal is singularly on how do we get this thing where it needs to be? How do we get it right? And the only way I can get there is by understanding who I'm dealing with, what their roles are, what adjuster's doing what on this claim. Who do I need to communicate with about this this item and that item? Am I working through a vendor on this item or that item? And it's treating them accordingly. And everybody everybody gets a fair shake until they give me a reason that they shouldn't. Um, and I think those two bullet points are critical. Know the players and treat it Socratically. Ask the questions until you are comfortable, confident, ready, and willing to put you know, put your claim on paper or fill out that proof of loss. Um, that's my spiel on the, the carrier side.
0: Well, yeah. I mean. And
1: I, I have a, hey, I got a question for you. Sure. What do you, what do, you do when you run into the scenario with the carrier where um, I, I have a claim in my head that there's basically three adjusters? And they all, it's a larger claim. They're all very, very seasoned people in their own right. But I found myself in a scenario where they were playing past the trash. And it was like, you know, I talked to adjuster A and she goes, oh, well, adjuster B is taking care of that. And then I talked to adjuster B and he passes it down the line. And they were all kind of like playing the blame game with one another. Have you ever dealt with that before? I have.
0: Where... Yes, absolutely. I have. It's like, well, I'm not real sure what they were saying there, but, or yeah, I, absolutely. That happens. So,
1: and you kind of, you end, you, you wrap up that interaction and you're like, all right, who the F is doing what? Like, I, yeah. I just spent an hour, I just spent an hour on the phone and I, I don't know, you know, I don't know who's cutting the check exactly type of thing. what they you- wanted.
0: Well, in another place where I've seen that happen, have you, are you seeing, have you run into this with working these freeze claims and dealing with these, uh, these guys that are turning in, um, you know, uh, you know, the mitigation estimates and they're having to go through, they're having to go through like their third, they have a third party administrator that's auditing these estimates. If they're above like five, thousand. Have, you, have you run into that yet, Brent? And, and how, the yes, you? I, Oh, well, it's just what they say. I don't have any choice. And I just want to laugh when they say that to me.
1: I run it. So I'll, I'll name the carriers uh, that I've seen that with. So USAA, of course, State Farm and um, who the hell did you just say, Jeremy? What, Travelers what a, is
0: who I was ca- talking about.
1: Oh, not not Travelers. I thought you just named another carrier. USAA, State Farm, uh, uh, Liberty Mutual. Mm-hmm. That stuff happens. And then the scenarios, this and the scenarios where the the insurance company brings out like a contractor v- vendor to write an estimate or a, a building consultant or. In some instances, an engineer. I feel like the lines get blurry because you're asking the adjuster about stuff that on an estimate that they didn't prepare. Sometimes right. it plays to our benefit, to be honest. But it's like I feel like you're you're trying to have a conversation and get answers, and they're like, "Oh, well, I'm going to go have to get with Johnny on that and figure out uh, figure out what exactly." Well, hold on a second. Aren't you the one that isn't this your claim? You know who. Who owns yeah, the right. claim, Are right? Now?
0: Making the coverage like,
1: yeah. Right. I, like, I mean <laughs> I, like, I don't know. Again, I sometimes I laugh why more than I, I get angry.
0: If you've got to go yeah. talk to him, why am I not already talking to him?
1: Right. <laughs> right. It's again, know the players, know the rules, know their know the role, r- rules, role, whatever. And it, it does help inform your line of questions to to facilitate getting better answers. Because I tell you, if it's unclear, if it's unclear when you when you get into a dispute, it only becomes more unclear. That problem only compounds. When <laughs> <Right>. like when <laughs> when you don't know what the hell is going on or who you should be talking to, it, it only gets worse from there. So it really um, does. It's um it sounds like such basic wisdom, but I'm telling you
2: Especially when I mean, you when you go through I just, all of that with the TPA and realize you're not even talking to the carrier.
1: Oh oh yeah, and I'm guilty of it. <laughs> yeah. I've done it. I, I've done it. I've done it.
0: Well, yeah, I love it when it's settled. Okay, so you like this? We're settled at this. This is good. Yeah, that'll work for me. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Well, we'll take that to the carrier and see what they say. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Man, sometimes it's like God. That little piece of information would have been great, and yeah. and then you have to and- and then you have to take that information. Yeah, I thought I had the claim settled. I thought we were all set, and and then you have to go back to your policyholder. Well, I agreed with the first link in the to chain. Explain
2: what the third-party administrator is. And
0: you have to, why are they involved in the claim and do all of that kind of stuff, and you have to start really giving them, giving the policyholder a crash course in the, in the making of the sausage of the claim process. And we're going to get into communicating with policyholders because round two starts right after this. We're getting close We're only about two weeks and two days away From one of the most comprehensive claims clinics That's available velocity claims and jack hanks is at win the storm the conference in fort lauderdale right now if you're there turn this video off get over to booth number 420 and sign up for this claims clinic because you are not going to believe the amount of information that we plan to impart to you in just one day you're going to get six ce credits in florida and in texas so this is such a huge opportunity we're going to have john wood chris gravel Todd Stern, Andrew Saul, I'm going to be there teaching on compliance specifically. And Jack Hanks is going to be there giving you three decades worth of knowledge when it comes to public adjusting. Don't miss your chance to be one of 100 people. Guys, the tickets aren't going to last long. I fully expect them to be gone in the next day or two. So now is the time to act. Don't delay. Don't think it's going to be available the day before. Act right now and I will see you there. Round two: Communication with the policyholder.
1: What's your Achilles' heel with this,
0: man? You know, okay. So communication with you want to. Sometimes I, I, yeah, you don't want to give them too much information (laughs) because they won't know how to put it together entirely. Alarm them, yeah, because you can you can incite panic. If you're not careful, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So you want to be careful about the information that you give them because information not in the right order can be incredibly alarming. That's what I would say. Yeah. So the information you give them needs to be in the right order. And what that order is, I don't really know. There's nuance in the claim. You've got to know, depending on the claim, and I cannot give you a rule of thumb on this. you got to just know when to give them the information and when not.
2: And when you're on, when you're in an inspection and you're looking at stuff and it looks bad, don't go, holy shit! I mean, make sure that don't let them hear you say stuff like that because you're just going to panic. Oh, that's not good. <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, that's a
1: <laughs>
0: that's going to be expensive,
1: dude. <laughs> I every what Donna said, what what everything that both of you just said, I have definitely done that. I have, too. yeah, I have definitely. <laughs>
0: Like, sometimes I'm so overcome with what I'm looking at, and it's like, oh, that's why I could have never been a doctor. You know, when they come in with that thing growing out of the side of their neck, oh, my God, it would just startle me. What the heck? Uh, (laughs) Holy. Guys, come in here and look at this. (laughs) Yeah. You might if I call somebody over here to take a look at this. Hey, buddy, take, come come here, man. Brent, you ever seen anything like that? No, it crawled. I saw it. I've never. Have you ever seen it crawl like that?
1: Oh my god! And admittedly, it takes a great deal of self control to not do that yeah. stupid shit. And you run
0: but, you to know? your car and go. <laughs> you call whoever your your buddy is in the claims. Can I send you a picture of something? And you're always really nervous to go. Yes. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> going to be a I mean, yeah, right.
0: <laughs> a turd in the toilet. I mean, I'm, I'm afraid of what I'm going to get sometimes.
1: Or on the complete, on the complete opposite end of the spectrum, you know, the, the homeowner, you haven't seen pictures. You don't know what you're walking into based on your conversation with them. You, you think you're walking into a burnout and, you know, and you're walking through the living room and there's, you know, they're giving you the air full and the, how you doing? And yeah, it's just been so stressful. And then they point to like a condensation spot on the ceiling
0: around the, you know? around the air vent. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Around the fucking air. And for, yeah, and for, for, you're for know, it's like, it's the, yeah, yeah. And they're like, you see that? And you're like, uh, yeah, 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 I see that. You know, you understand what I mean now, and it takes every every fiber in your being to not be like, yeah, like <laughs> settle down. <laughs> you know? Well Relax. I, so, <laughs> so,
0: I, <yeah. laughs> I you know, and sometimes you want to look at somebody that's in this situation, just like Donna said earlier, you don't want to go, Oh my god. You know, I mean you don't want to do that, yeah. but you also don't want to look at it and go, This isn't that bad. Yeah. Because <laughs> <So> they're all <laughs> up exactly.
2: in their house. <laughs> You know, it's worse for them because it's their house and they have to they have to look at it.
0: Right. And so and I mean, yeah. so there's two different ends of the spectrum. And I had no idea that's where that was going. None whatsoever. I was ready I to kind of dive into, well, you kind of got to gauge what kind of homeowner you're dealing with. Are they going to be an engaged homeowner? Or are they an inquisitive homeowner? You know, no, just this is stuff you just can't do before you even really have the opportunity to talk to them because. They are hanging on every word you say because they're not. They're they're definitely yeah. in the point. They're looking for somebody. All of this is going to be okay. They're looking for affirmation, one hundred percent affirmation at that juncture.
2: And you have to give it to them with the, the information.
1: The one of the conundrums. I, well, it used to be more of a conundrum, um, you know, a couple years ago than it is for me now, per se, but. I used to not be really comfortable with explaining to a homeowner that I don't know the answer to something. Right. So to your point, Jeremy, like they bring us in, they have whatever idea of us being public adjusters built up, whatever their perception is. And they're looking to us as, you know, whether you're hired or not, um, they're looking to us to be that, that expert have answers, know everything about everything. Um, And that's a reality, folks. So anyway, I needed I needed to find my own way of being able to explain that I wasn't 100 percent sure about something. And the reason that I'm not sure isn't because I'm an idiot. It's just because I'm not sure and I don't want to give them the wrong information. Um, And so kind of like labbing that out and practicing that, I have found that. That instills confidence. You know, Mr. and Mrs. Homeowner, you know what? I'm not entirely sure. And before I start flapping my jaws and speculating and muddying the water, let me get you an answer. Um, We've talked about this stuff in communication in the context. but, But like being confident, going down that road or identifying with what they're saying. Hey, I understand why that's confusing. Um, or I understand why, you know, I, hey, now now that I'm here and I'm looking at what you're looking at, I understand why you have that question. But I'd be lying if I told you that was within the parameters of my expertise. Insert specialty trade. I'm not an electrician or a plumber. Um, you know, and the the confidence that we can bring to them is, but hey, here's what we can do to get these these answers. Here's some possible solutions to this problem set. Let's get that this person out here because, in my experience, people with this, the, you know, with this job title, you know, again, whether it's a hygienist or, let's get the right people out here so we can get clarity. I have found that it is a okay and probably advisable to take that sort of demeanor. You don't want to be you don't want to be the bullshitter. It'll get you in trouble. You know, right? Yeah. So
0: well, <laughs> I. Mean, What about, so let me ask you this question here, Brent. It's it's one of those questions or one of those conversations. It may not always be attached to a question, but you know at some point in time, they're going to be looking at you like a calf staring at a new gate, not knowing what you're, you know, they're going to ask this question and you're like, oh God, not that question. And so, and it's like anything but that question. And so they're looking at you and it's, and and when you have to begin to, Explain this one thing, and it's always so nerve-wracking for me, is replacement cost value, actual cash value, how depreciation works, and where the deductible fits in. That conversation... That, that one, that one conversation is enough to make me quit this job.
2: And you're going to have that conversation at least five times during the claim Every
0: And they never get it on the first pass. And guys, I pride myself on my ability to communicate thoughts, ideas, and concepts. Okay. That is one of the things that I wake up and just seek to do in just my day to day effort. In fact, I can't even stand in line at a gas station and hear an attendant you know, someone that is working behind the counter give bad directions somewhere. I will run out of the parking lot. And go no, 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 no! Don't go that way. You know what I mean? You'll never get out of here. You'll ne- that is going to be a nightmare. And You've they turned into your parents. <laughs> so, and it's like I have turned into my parents. Like the progressive commercial. It's like, and so I. And, and, and as and as terrible as that is, and as awful as it, what I'm saying is, is I pride myself on like. But when that conversation about the deductible, and I will tell you, there is a. Fair percentage of people that think they pay their deductible to the insurance company.
1: Oh, dude, somebody just posted. There was some funny ass post about that. Uh, I don't know, but it, it made me spit my coffee out. It's pretty funny.
0: Well, yes. Because all they hear from contractors, especially the ones that are trying to, I guess for lack of a better term, clean up the industry, you know, ones that are insistent upon collecting yeah. deductibles and paying to, it's like you have to pay your deductible you there's nothing you know you have to pay your deductible and it sounds like they don't they don't clarify it because the deductible is a figure that is set by the insurance carrier so the conventional go to thought pattern is is i have to pay my deductible it's charged by the insurance carrier so if it's charged by them then it just makes sense that's who i pay it to and yeah. it's not look it's not described and I've found this new way to, to do it and I'm gonna let you in here. It's it's proceeds towards the claim. It's your proceeds towards the claim. So go ahead, Brent. Yeah, jump in there.
1: It's your yeah, it's your portion. Look, I'm gonna I'm gonna bandwagon that. It is a painful conversation. And on your average claim you're gonna have three or four checks. And you're gonna, insofar as you're a public adjuster on that claim, you're probably gonna have that conversation three or four times. The more painful thing is that the conversation changes slightly every time. It does. So you
0: you have to explain it. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. It's it's like, you know. What like And Jesus Christmas, you know, on larger claims, there's more checks. So like, <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> I mean, it's, like, you know, the bigger the claim, the more you're talking What's about this
0: stuff. one. For? Um, Hang on a second. Let me. Look oh, that.
1: my. Oh, my God. Yeah. And you know what, though? It is incessantly freaking annoying that carriers are not clear. You know, like we've got to make five phone calls to make because I'm pretty anal about this. I want to know what the money's for every single time a check is released. Absolutely. I want an email. I want a statement, you know, from the carrier on Letterhead. What's it for specific? Anyway, but it's like even that effort, that administrative task alone requires sometimes some serious legwork because carriers break the rules all the time. And they put some stupid-ass reason on the check. You know, it just says coverage J." You know, you get some check on some random day for some random stupid amount of money and it doesn't say anything. It just says, you know, windstorm <laughs> or what the fuck? right, yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? So it's
0: like, it never you know, says cabinets. Exactly. <laughs> Paint bid. It never you says know, that. Right.
1: It, it's, it's always, and then and I, I, dude, I say this all the time. We're only as good as the information we have. So then we get this check for this random amount of money after we've been waiting, you know, we've been arguing about it for three months and it finally comes in and, it's an ACV amount with some arbitrary depreciation applied to it, and then, of course, we have to inform the policyholder that we've got this check, and then the all the way back to the beginning. The first thing out of their mouth is like, "Okay, so what's that for?" Or that sounds really low, or you know what I mean. And it's just like, "Okay, here we go again." Got to explain. So, and it's just tough, you know. It's right. it's like the ripple effect, um, you know the the one. The one that gets me the most is when they're like, "Well, don't they owe for that?" Yeah, (laughs) I, you know, what do you mean? Well, why didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Well, why, why don't they owe for that? that? I don't understand. Yeah, and again, and I'm not mocking a homeowner. It's just it's a question that comes up periodically, and and, and it's there's it's never easy.
0: Well, yeah, right, because because. At some level they've hired you to defend them and take care of them, and then you have to put the hat on of going, let me explain the carrier's behavior here and why they're doing what they're doing and how how we're either A gonna work around it or why this isn't covered. You know right. what I'm saying? Like right. I cannot get people to understand why the pipe in the wall isn't covered. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. What are you? What are you talking about? It. What? What? Yeah. No. The pipe itself Jeremy, is not covered. Well, but all of the damage it does is.
1: That you're gonna, gonna, gonna think start. I'm. You're gonna think I am bullshitting you. I'm telling you, anybody listening is gonna think this is made up. I literally, we had a homeowner call the office today, and. He had a pipe break, and he lives in like a twelve hundred foot rancher, and he had some substantial damage. And Travelers came out, and I'm not fucking making this up. Travelers came out; they did a great. I swear to God, the Travelers thing and this pipe thing, it, it's like a double, uh, you know, double whammy. But came out, made a good faith payment. For I think his RCV is like $62,000. His contractor wrote an estimate for like sixty three or sixty four, something nominal. And he called, and he is all bent. He needs a public adjuster because they won't pay for the broken pipe. I swear to God. <laughs> That's why he called my office out of the clear blue. He spent 15, 20 minutes on the phone with, with one of my team members. He is just butthurt. They won't pay for the pipe, and they own for the pipe. And I'm just... I, well, they actually do owe it because it was a freeze claim. But, in this, yeah,
0: but... I mean... Right. Yeah, okay. You know what I mean? But it's just like that's... The, the pipe was actually damaged by... the. So I want to be clear. I want to bring this up. I want to be clear. The pipe in Brent's situation, if it is damaged by freeze, if it is split because the water inside of the pipe froze, expanded, and split the pipe, it is covered because freeze is a covered peril. However, we run into lots of pipe breaks... That are because the pipe is old or cast iron, whatever the case may be, and it just gets old and it breaks and it makes a mess. What do you mean my plumbing bill not covered? Well, because wear and tear, <laughs> believe it or not, is actually not covered. <laughs> and in this case, the pipe broke due to co- wear and tear. Now we have an ensuing causation of water that is covered. So this part isn't covered. This part is. Why is it all covered? Well, guys, it's just, look... I, I get it's so very difficult to understand why you're just going to have to trust me the pipe isn't covered. It's just not. Okay. I know it doesn't make any sense. I get that. You're just gonna have to trust me. They don't know for it. And you try to explain why the pipe broke versus why the drywall's wet. And they don't understand that there's two separate there's two separate occurrences here. The occurrence of the pipe breaking, which stops at the pipe breaking, then the occurrence of the evacuation of water from the plumbing system causing damage. So you have a pipe break and you have a water loss. It is two separate occurrences that happened not simultaneously. So that's what makes it two separate occurrences. Like not, and, and why it's different in hail and wind and why those occur, both occurrences are covered is because the wind and the hail come together all as a part of the same same storm. And they, but you have an origin of cause, you have an origin cause, and then you have approximate cause. And in this case, the origin cause isn't covered, which is where an anti-concurrent causation clause can come in. And then you have a much more, Difficult conversation to have with a policyholder.
2: Go back and look at some of our well to learn about anti <laughs> concurrent <causation. laughs>
1: Hey, really quick. I, that segment kind of grew legs of its own, but um, I do want to button up with policyholders. A couple, a couple key tactics is no, at the beginning of the claim or at the beginning of your involvement, it's like any any other interaction. Know know who your decision maker is. No, get it get a handle on how they want to be communicated with. Right. Again, it's super basic, but it's a mistake that I've only made, you know, and continue to make a thousand times. It's like you're trying to get the claim signed. The clock's ticking. You're thinking about a hundred other things, and. You know, you're, you're three weeks into the claim, you're text messaging the wife who works nights. It's like one of those things where, like, you know, you got a husband, a wife, or a single parent, or what, you know, there's so many different things that could be going on. Get a, get a sense of how they want to be communicated with.
0: And when they want um, to be
1: communicated with.
0: And I think Donna actually and, passed me a note, and I want to get this in real quick. Communication with your client is super, super, super important, and make sure that you're doing that.
1: And don't, don't be afraid. Uh, This is something that I suffered from was being afraid to actually set boundaries with a client. Um, Maybe that's a conversation for a different day, but that's something else I strongly suggest at the beginning. Figure out what you as the service provider are comfortable with in terms of when you want to communicate and how you want to communicate. None of these things are an excuse to not communicate. But it's more or less like see if you can get on some sort of common ground because it will help. You know, you want to make sure there's lines of communication are are working. Um, so that was that was all I had on that. Um,
0: Well, I mean, I I don't think that we could cover every nuance about talking to policyholders. I mean, the, it it's
2: it, so much more. Too. It's a
0: constant effort is really is what yeah. you really got to know. And sometimes those guys love just getting your weekly or biweekly email. Sometimes they want a text message. Sometimes they want to be tucked in at night. You know what I'm saying? That one that wants to be. Tucked in. I've got <laughs> I've had a couple that wants to be tucked in to, tucked in at night and make sure everything's you know they want a a, you know a wrap-up call at the end of each day and and sometimes and you can sit there and tell me all you want to that you would never let a client run your show like that and I said well until that client wants to pay you $250,000 a year to handle his losses you might have a conversation with the man I do you know and I mean (laughs) it's like it didn't take me long to figure that that was okay with me you know but I you know I I do cater to my clients quite a bit And, you know, and one of the things that I help them that I talk with them about a lot is communicating with the contractor and what we want to do and how that's going to work. And we're going to talk about communicating with the contractor in round three. Round three is going to start right after this. The Pain of the Claim is looking for sponsors and we would love to promote a business that provides services or equipment to public adjusters, restoration companies, and roofing contractors and general contractors. Examples would be like safety gear, roofing related products, restoration equipment, payment services, CRMs, reporting services, expert services, anything like that. We want to help you tell your story and get you together with the people that really need your help. So give us a call we can we can get your name out there and we can grow with you round three communicating with the contractor it is always interesting when you have contractors that aren't that familiar with the claims process. So when you're dealing with a contractor that's not familiar with the claims process and a lot of, a lot of new contractors need to build their business on claims because it's hard to get that retail business when you're coming out of the gates, if you know what I'm saying. And so they use the claims opportunities. They use claim opportunity, whether it's a roofer or interior water claim to, to build their business. And so sometimes communicating with them is 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 a challenge as it pertains to claims
1: yeah i mean look it 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 risk of man contractors on any given day whether they're experienced in the claims process or or not it can be really it can be really 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 difficult it's it's like walking a tightrope um you know, one of the th- one of the prevailing things that's going through my head is, you know, you got the homeowner on one hand who's distraught; they want everything fixed, they and rightfully so. I'm not I'm not throwing shade at anybody. They they want their stuff fixed. They want their stuff fixed. Like yesterweek. week, um, you know they they generally a homeowner doesn't have a some sort of loss, whether it's their freaking roof or, you know, a tree or what. Generally, they don't have a loss and and we get a phone call. It's like, hey, you know what? If you could just get me a little bit of money, I, I was planning on spending 80000 to fix my house anyway. Like, that never happens. You know what I'm saying? So it's like you've got all these expectations from the policyholder that need to be managed. And then, of course, the contractors who – usually are our friends or people that we know and respect and appreciate. Sure. Look, their are freaking livelihoods on the line too. Right. And they're walking this balance of like, Hey, I got to get, you know, I, I want to do the work. That's how I feed my family, but I got to get paid. And so there's, there's always like the, the competing, those competing interests are there. not every claim is like that. Some claims are just, they're easy and everybody's happy. But By and large, it's like it's pretty. It's pretty touchy because also contractors sort of look at us sometimes, and it's like, well, you know, if you guys weren't here, you weren't in the way, and your fees weren't this and that, then we wouldn't have this problem. And there's like there's those dynamics. We wouldn't have this money, (laughs) right? And we're over here going, well, if we weren't here. You wouldn't the, have the job
0: to do in the first
1: place. You wouldn't have right. You know, and look, there's truth. There's truth in all of those stereotypes or you know scenarios, You're right? Right. And 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 there is like I'm not I'm not an apologist for PAS. I'm not talking shit about contractors, and you know I'm not throwing shade at homeowners for just being not knowing, right? But then you run into these weird scenarios where we get brought in a contractors involved in the claim. You're trying to be transparent, you know, update the homeowner, update the contractor. And then weird stuff happens where there's a falling out between the contractor and the homeowner. And then you're over here like, all right, who do you want me? <laughs> I mean, and you're It's just like, yeah. And, and I'm, yeah, I'm in it, the middle of that
0: situation right now. And I'm going to save that for some other time. But I mean, it's, just, it's I'm look, From the claims, this is one of those situations where the claim has run incredibly smoothly, but the job has been super, super rocky as opposed to the super smooth job and the rocky claim process. And we're in appraisal and we're trying to figure out this, 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 and here's your unredacted invoices for bagels and all of this kind of other things that you're trying to, that you're trying to put together, you know, um, and, and with, with contractors, I mean, the biggest thing that they're generally concerned about and where you want to be very clear and very transparent is when it comes down to how the money's going to work. Who am I getting paid from? How is this going to go down? Who do I, you know, do I need to turn a W-9 into this person or that person? And how is all of this going to, how is the money going to work? Because when it comes time to get paid, I just want to know who to talk to. Who do I email my invoice to? What happens there? And so what you want to do is give a clear picture to your contractor as the fiduciary in the process of how the money's going to work and what they can expect and whether or not there's a mortgage company, in a and if there's going to be a monitored claim and all of this kind of other things. And be ready for that because, guys, as public adjusters, that's on your shoulders. That is very much part of your job.
1: And, you know, I know we we had some jokes and some laughs about homeowners asking the question about ACV this and RCV that and blah, blah, blah. I'll tell you what, to our public adjusters out there, yeah, you kind of need to (laughs) – That is part of your job. You need to understand how that stuff works. You need to be able to set clear parameters. And um, pro tip, strongly suggest having protocols in place so you have some, you know where the money's at, when the money got there, you know, is it in transit, isn't it in transit, hasn't been deposited, has all that stuff. You need to have some sort of system to know every single time down to the penny, um what's your accounting looks like right um the the other thing i mean look I, I just i had a scenario as recently as today a good contractor friend of mine we had a check come in we checked all the boxes no pun intended sent the check out damn thing got lost in the mail you know we send everything certified mail so got it got snagged up lost in the mail you know, it was one of those things that looked like it was playing a ghost. It was playing ghosts between five post offices. And anyway, you know, two weeks go by. We went to five post offices, couldn't couldn't find the check. We got the check reissued. Um, and here we are, you know, six weeks out from when that check actually came to our office. And the contractor hits me up. He's like, man, I haven't been paid yet. Like, what the f- you know, what's going on? And I'm over here going, like, dude, like, shit, man. Like, I can't, you know, sometimes I, I, I'm looking at it, kind of, like, I can't control the post office. I can't control if the mortgage company moves the goalposts on us. Um, and it's frustrating. You know, it's hard. Um, but having a process and being able to communicate it uh, goes a long way. You know, I, I just, it's... Um, I think it's important to be able to see around the corner and forecast some of that too. If you're a public adjuster, whether you're talking to a homeowner or a contractor or whatever, you know, um, be prepared because stuff like that will happen. And when you're dealing with other people's money, um, they, they all equally wanted it. Like I said, yesterweek, right. Um, and so as frustrating as it might be sometimes, we all need to keep that in mind. Well and and, and take it and take it seriously. And be
0: smart about yeah. how you handle it, whether it's how you set up your yeah. bank accounts and what you're gonna do there. What, how, how it is that you plan on communicating the pathway of the money, whether it's I give it all to the homeowner and you'll need to talk to them. And if you want to call and ask me whether or not it's been received or cashed, I can certainly be your go between and have that uncomfortable conversation and, and just realize that some of this and sometimes you get drug into situations and I'm often drug into situations with the general contractor. And this is most commonly when I have been brought in by the general contractor when the homeowner gets upset with the general contractor but they trust me this happens a lot i then become sort of the agent of the homeowner which i also believe is my job at a level as it pertains to the scope and how they want to go about things because i have no just as just i am just as willing to go to the carrier and ask um, ask for an increase or more money on something. I'm just as willing to go to that, that the contractor in the situation go, look, man, we may have to look at doing this for less. And how are we going to make that happen? Because we're not getting any more money on this and you got to be willing to do that. And you got to be ready to do that because that's part of what you do is you control the money.
1: Well, the other thing is, you know, and I don't, I don't generally suggest what a contractor should or shouldn't do. The lane that I try to stay in is suggesting what will and won't happen. (laughs) If that makes sense. So it's like,
0: there you go. You know,
1: or what, what will or won't be covered. So it's like, look, dude, here's the deal. This, this thing that we're talking about may or may not be covered. If you have to do it that way, I get it but that's a conversation you're definitely going to want to have with the insured from a contracting standpoint. And it's one that I will definitely echo from a coverage standpoint, but no matter how we rack it or stack it, there's a good chance that isn't going to be paid for. So let's make sure that that gets communicated accordingly. Right. I know I'm going to communicate it, but I, you know, again, that line, I'm not trying to out a contractor, you know, very few, you know, there's been a couple, a couple guys that I've met. that's like, you know, whatever. We've all met those, but on the whole, like these guys are out there trying to do the right damn thing. And so with that being said, I'm certainly not out there, you know, pouncing around within the the, the context of a claim and acting like contractors are stupid. No, man, they want to do the work. They want to get paid and they want to make a profit doing that. Cool. Well, I, I can get behind that. Can I but go- it's like there are there are these wrinkles that have to be communicated and the conversation with the contractor is different than the one with the homeowner.
0: <laughs> right. You know it really, yeah. like, And I mean, and, and you kind of <laughs> have different mass, different tones, different approaches, how you're going into that kind of thing, you know, and where you are going to stand with authority, or you're going to kind of come in as sort of this empathetic, this empathetic shoulder to cry on kind of thing, just how you're going to manage and, manage that 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 particular situation let's go back to the broken pipe situation let's say we have a broken pipe in the wall the pipe is just old and you know lo and behold the pipe is old and it turns out we can't use this kind of pipe anymore okay and so i'm not going to be able to do this or i can't put this pipe in the back same place that it was before i've got to go back to where it tees and i've got to reroute and do this kind of thing well again pipe not covered and the code compliance that that guy's got to deal with. Now, this is hyperbole, guys. I'm not saying that this is an exact case, but I'm just saying when you are in a situation where what has been occurred is by an uncovered loss and they've got to incur this expense, even though it was unforeseen in some kind of way, they're still not going to pay to reroute that pipe if it there is some sort of code thing in there. That is, that's still going to be on them. And so when they come to you and say, we're going to have to tear out all of this drywall and do all of this kind of thing... I can probably try to figure out a way to get some of that into coverage, but by and large, that entire problem is just that, your problem. And you're right. going to have to figure out how to solve it and communicate that to the homeowner as to why their their policy doesn't provide coverage for that.
1: And on the other side of that dialogue, we are the ones that need to be explaining to the homeowner why their policy doesn't provide coverage. Right. So that's another right. thing, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to delegate a coverage conversation to the contractor. It's like, well, you know, you know, listen, Johnny contractor, you know, this ain't going to be paid for. So you'll just have to deal with that with the homeowner. No, it's like, look, I want to be a bridge. We can set up a conference call. We can do whatever needs to be done. So everybody hears the same message. Um, but again, you know, going back to managing the contractor sometimes sometimes it's hard because you you started this with you know if they're not experienced in in insurance work or the process or have some sort of running understanding of it you know dang like sometimes it, it, it can be challenging you know when you when you get the estimates that you know and this is hyperbole a little a little bit but you know drywall thirty thousand dollars it's like well dude Okay, I don't need you to write a dissertation, but look, buddy, like this, this, insofar as you want to get paid, I'm I'm here to tell you that this this estimate isn't going to get paid. You follow me? So some of those conversations, or you know, ah, dude, we could ramble on and on. It's, I would say my best advice would be you know going at it from a consultative approach. I mean, it's just like.
0: Well, for example, Consultative you say, approach,
1: educate. Go ahead.
0: Well, I was just gonna say, like in your thirty thousand dollar drywall line item there that you're talking about, somewhere in there, you know how many square feet you're talking about. So how about that? Let's can we start there. Right. Can we start with what you know <laughs> off the top of your head to to put on this right now? So you know it's gonna be that. You also know tape is X amount of feet and the drywall and sand and the ally. You've got something in your head. Three drywallers for however many hours, for however many days. There are things that you know that you were just trying to say, my price is my price. And, guys, I am all about your price being your price. I'm here to prove you right. Let
1: me be clear about that. I second that. Yeah, don't ever get that twisted. Your price is your price.
0: I, yep. your price is your price. I am simply just here to prove you right and make you go, you know what, Mr. Carrier? Yeah, it is that much. And I don't care what your little Xactimate program spit out because it ain't ever seen this house before. You know, and I had a drywaller right. explain something to me, you know, and it seemed like a high drywall bid in this particular case, but the house was flood cut and this house had more cable outlets and plugs and, 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 you know, <laughs> Crap in the side of the wall, you know, floor sconces, if you would believe it. You know, I mean, just all of these things in this drywall. He's like, there's not a single piece of drywall I'm going to hang that I don't have to cut a notch in or a hole in in some kind of way. Do you have any idea how much I mean, if I'm just throwing up sheets of drywall or cutting corners out and stuff like that, that's one thing. But they're having to measure and cut these things out. And I know they're super quick at it because, man, it just takes longer and it's harder. And that's why. And, and it's, it's harder to mud around. It's harder to sand around. All of those things cause problems. And I would like to point out the fact it's two feet off the floor. Which... <laughs> I don't know how you like to work, but bent over or laying down or that's not how I like to do things or crawling around on my hands and knees does not sound like fun to me. So, yeah. So some of those flood cuts are a little and that makes sense to me. And once they explained it to me, trust me, the carrier got an earful on why that drywall bid was so high. And that guy looked at me, and goes, that makes sense to me. OK, sounds good. That's all I needed, and they were good to go. And look, I get into plenty carrier fights. I explain things. Not everything is easy for me, but I'm telling you, if you go the extra mile rather than assuming they should just cover it based on the fact that someone is charging it, you should not be doing that. Go to that drywall or go to that contractor and go, help me prove you right and explain to me why this is so much different than every other drywall project. Okay, here's why. You'll get an answer. I believe you'll get an answer. I really do.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, look, if I said it once, I said it a million times. They're the expert,
0: right? They're the ones doing (laughs) the work. I love that. They're not the ones, You know, when you said they're not the ones doing the work, the (sighs) carrier or whatever, these guys are the ones doing the work. Prove them right. That's all I got to say about that. Brent, you had something else, though. So so put a bow on it, buddy.
1: Uh, No, no, I didn't. Prove them right.
0: Prove them right. You're not right. do it. Well guys, this was a fun episode. I enjoyed it. I think it's uh I think I think going a you know a couple hours early I think was really helpful with my my mental my mental health there. What do you guys think? I mean, that I helped me a lot. Of course, Brent did go, "Hey, what are we going to rumble about?" And I gave him a topic and he was like, ugh can we do something that's not quite so heady or thinky <laughs> <I'm> pretty spit. <laughs> and so I, I was like, yeah, I think this is good though, man. I, I, I really enjoyed some of the points that Brent made there as it pertains to communicating with the policy older. So I also want to remind you to be sure to press like, and subscribe, throw in a comment even just a thumbs up. Let us know that you're out there, that you're enjoying what you're hearing. You can hear us on YouTube. You can get a hold of us on Spotify. You can get a hold of us on Google Podcasts, just about anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Um, We will be back next week. In the meantime, stay ready so you don't have to get ready, and we will see you on the next one.
1: Ready to ram you like the boss, I'm a gemma. Yes, we on it, I don't even try to diminish it. I won't start it, but I damn sure
0: will finish it.
1: It's over.
2: Go. It's
0: over. Go home.